morning, church. Gateway Church, we are a growing family after God's heart. And I want to challenge you to do something this week that is very, very powerful. I challenge you to speak up. Use your voice or your hands for those brothers and sisters in our family from the deaf culture. We celebrate you, especially today. And uh, so those of us who, who, who have our voice, I want to challenge you to use your voice, to use your hands, to speak up, to agree with the truth. And I want you just to know about the truth and to think only about the truth. In addition, I want you to speak or sign the truth. We all have struggles, all of us. But whatever struggle you have, the truth is that the truth is greater than your struggle. The truth of God is greater than your struggle. God's truth will set you free. It has that kind of power. It will free you from fear. It will free you from the accusations of the devil, from discouragement. You can experience God's peace. His love and your heart will be filled with his joy. That's how powerful God's word is. And so today I want you to understand that, to open up your heart to that. There's something that you have to do to experience the power of it. You have to interact with the word. It's going to take more than just the pastor preaching the word. I'm going to try to do my part as best as I can in the preparation that I've done this past week in my prayer. I'm going to do the very best that I can. I trust that there's some kind of anointing from the Holy Spirit that comes forth. But you have to interact with that word as well. You got to do some work. It takes a little work, but it works. I want you to remember that. In your, in your brain, it takes a little work, but it works. You got to interact with this word. You got to speak it out this week. You got to sign it out this week. I'm going to tell you exactly what that is that you're to speak out. It takes a little work, but it works. Are you ready? Let's dive into the word. We're nearing the end of our study through 1 John that we've entitled. Do you know the title of our series? Um, I asked somebody this week, and this individual, they didn't know the title, and it's like, oh, my Lord. What's the title of our our series through John? There you go. Wow, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Terry, you saved me. And we didn't even say anything beforehand. On the grow and in the know. We come now to... 1 John 5, all right, verses 16 through 30. And this is how it reads. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit the water, 
and the blood. And these three are in agreement. We accept human testimony. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But God's testimony is greater than any human testimony because it is what? The testimony of God which he has given about his son. Whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. The word witness, if you look at these verses, just read them again. I'll just keep it up there so that you can, you can look at these verses. If you were to count how many times the word testimony or the root of it is used, in some form it appears nine times in these verses. What is a witness? Well, the root means one who remembers or one who has knowledge of something by recollection and can tell us about it. That's what a witness is. That's what a witness does, right? Somebody who remembers and can report. Somebody who knows and can inform. A witness what? Speaks up when called upon. The judge says, raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear to tell what? The whole truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me God. You put your right hand right up and you are what? When you do that, you give, I mean, you're on record. You, you can't incriminate yourself by what you say. You, when you raise that right hand in a court of law, you are a witness. And you're not to kind of just add your own thoughts or I wonder and maybe this happened. I mean, the judge, isn't, the, the judge doesn't care about any of that stuff. The judge wants to know, what do you remember? What can, can you report about whatever it is? A witness is somebody who knows and can inform there are three witnesses. You, you, you see it right here as I read the scriptures. There's three witnesses in the passage. The water, right? You see it? What's the second witness? The blood. Third witness is the spirit. All right? Right there, three witnesses. The blood, the water, the spirit. And they are all in agreement. They're all standing up. They're saying the same kinds of things. The water speaks. What is that? We're going to talk about that. What does the water say? The blood speaks. What does the blood say? The spirit speaks. What does the spirit say? And as a result of these witnesses coming together, speaking forth the truth, the Father the ultimate and the supreme judge renders the verdict. God speaks. He bears testimony about who? His son. And then it's our turn to speak up. Do you remember what 
question Jesus asked to Peter when they were in the ministry for some time. And Peter and the apostles saw what Jesus was doing and heard what he was saying. And then they were walking on the road. And Jesus asked Peter the question, what do the people say? Who, who, who do they say that I am? And Peter began to list off what it was that he had been hearing in the conversations as the people listened and experienced the life of Jesus, the teachings of Christ, his compassion. And Peter said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah the prophet. Others say that you're one of the prophets of old. And then Jesus said, okay, that's good, but there's another thing that I want to hear. I want to know who you say that I am, Peter. What say you? Because all of us have to speak up. The testimonies have been given. This is the truth. The world will say what the world says. The world will scoff at the message that we preach, but we believe the message, for it is true. No, you can't hide behind Pastor Paul or anybody else. You got to speak up for yourself. What say you? The water speaks. The blood speaks. The spirit speaks. The father says, you're right. What do you say? I had a great time at youth church on, on Wednesday. We asked a, a young man to share his testimony. What say you, Dave? And he's in our elder training program. Many of you know him, Dave Halbachen. Oh, if Dave's here, he's right there. All right. And uh, man, it was just incredible. There's a young man that's been coming who's, the Lord's been touching this young man. And I mean, right before our very eyes, we're seeing this transformation. And Alex, just, Alex, I want you to stand. Just, you know, I'm putting you on the spot, Alex. And, and uh, man, I, I love Alex. He's, he's, the Holy Spirit's doing a work in his heart. And you sit down now, Alex. And, and uh, I mean, he came up and talked to Dave. And I, I, I wanted these two guys to connect. Because Alex, Alex had some struggles in his life. But God's doing a great work by his spirit. And, and uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked to Alex. I, you know me. I, one of the first things I do when I talk to anybody is that, do you have a Bible? Even if they say yes, it doesn't matter if they say yes or no. I'm going to give them a Bible. Alex, he came. I, I gave him that New Believer's New Testament. Put that. You got that with you? Did I ask you to bring this with you? No, I didn't. He's got his New Believer's New Testament right here. He's bringing it in. We're talking on, uh, before church. And I, 
I said, you gotta meet, you gotta meet Dave. And Dave was bearing witness to the youth of the testimony of Jesus on Wednesday night, who Jesus is, what Jesus means to me. I love Dave's story. He's a young man with adventure in his heart. Whoever said loving and serving Jesus is boring hasn't met David yet, all right? He sees all of life as an adventure to experience. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm a pretty boring guy, so sometimes I live my life through exciting, adventuresome people. Like, man, Lord, in the millennium, I'm going to do some of the things that David did in his life. I mean, well, hold on now. I, this is all the stuff that I already said, all right? <laughs> what say you? You know, you know, have you seen this before? Have you been here before? This is Devil's Tower in Wyoming. My sister lives in Gillette. So I've been there. And, you know, there's a path around Devil's Tower. And I walked around that path. And by the time I got done walking around that path, I'm panting. I'm just as tired as tired can be. You know what David did? And he climbed it right here. I, you can't see it very well, but there's a, there's, a white, there's a white line. Do you see that right here? Guess what that white, white line is? That's, that's the path that David climbed. Devil's Tower. Rock climbing, strapped in with one of those harnesses. And it took him, it was one of his first climbs. And he looked at that and was like, oh, Lord. He started praying big time. He climbed it. There I am. No, there he is again. (laughs) You see, you can't tell that's not me. That's me and David. I'm teaching him everything I know. (laughs) Well, there he is again, full of adventure. So he's been at the top of the, you know, the mountain. But then here's another thing that he's done. Before he got married, he he worked five and a half years on an oil, on, on various oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. And he'd get on a boat like this, and then they would take him out. Either, you know, 10 miles, there's all these, these uh, oil rigs. In, 100 miles into the Gulf, and, you know, they, they need repairs. And so he's a deep-sea guy. So they go out, and here's a storm. He took some pictures. He's on the rig. He's on his boat, but he's down. Here's Dave, all right? And he's, he's, he goes down anywhere, you know, up to three to 400 feet submerged in the water, and he's working on those oil rigs, and he's, he's a welder, so you can see him here doing some work. That's his scuba gear. I don't know how far down he is, but he's way down there. And he showed these pictures on, on, on Wednesday. I'm going, I, I got I to gotta show these pictures to the body. They're cool. And you're going to know a little bit more why I even shared some of this stuff with you today, or Dave. For 
two to three months at a time. You can click that off now. Dave would, would be on, these, on this ship. And there were a lot of unsavory characters. And in five and a half years, Dave would say, I could count on my hand maybe, maybe two people that were Christians. And there were times when, for months, he was the only Christian on that ship. He had his Bible with him. He didn't compromise. He stayed true. He used his voice, but mostly he used his actions. And he bore testimony of Jesus Christ. He lived it. When he's being ridiculed and made fun of, he said, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And our young people need to hear testimonies like that. They need to hear a young man saying, hey, you can, you can have a heart that's full of excitement and adventure and walk with Jesus. It's possible. I know that God's got a great ministry in store for David right here at Gateway Church. It didn't matter if Dave was on the top of a mountain or in the depths of the sea or anywhere in between. We are called to bear witness to what we believe about Jesus Christ. So what say you about him? Let's drill down on these verses. It's a fascinating study. The verses that I just read to you in 1 John, I want to break his witness down into three parts that are given to us. You can look at the verses on your own. Verse 6, it said, this is the one who came by water and blood. And then in verse 7, it is the spirit who bears witness. Three witnesses. Let's start with the water and the blood. What does John mean when he says he came by water? Well, the water refers to that event at the Jordan River when our Lord went down to be baptized by John the Baptist. And he came up out of the water, that the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove, and a voice from heaven declared what? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The water speaks. The Apostle Peter says of this event later in his own writings, 2 Peter verse, chapter 1, verse 16 and 18, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when, you, when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came. So Peter's writing about this now, this very event that I read about in Matthew 3, 17. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice, Peter was saying, that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. 
So you have direct divine witness here at Jesus' baptism by and in water. Not just the launching of the beginning of his ministry, but defining it. When the Father said, this is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased, he defined his ministry. Everything that he does, I'm pleased with it. Watch him. Listen to him. The water begins his earthly ministry, but also defines it when he was baptized. I want to say something else about the water. What was John's baptism all about? Do you remember? It was a baptism of repentance, right? Repentance of sin. And Jesus went to John and said, I must be baptized by you. And you remember the discourse, the, the conversation that, that John the Baptist had with Jesus. Went something to this effect. I'm not baptizing you. This is a baptism of repentance for sin. You are the sinless one. Remember what John said? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is, I'm a sinner. He's the sinless one. I shouldn't get, you, you, you baptize me, Jesus. Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness. Did he have to be baptized? No. He baptized to identify with me and with you, sinners. Defines his ministry. But it wasn't only water. Because if it was only water that speaks, what does that mean? If the blood doesn't speak, doesn't speak, it simply means this, that Jesus got baptized. He said he identified with sinners. But then he decided, you know what? This is too hard. I'm out of here. The blood speaks. What does the blood say? The blood confirms that when Jesus got baptized, he was baptized to identify with me, a sinner. But then he fulfilled it. He went all the way to the cross and he shed his own blood. Two bookends. The water speaks at the beginning of his ministry. The blood speaks when? At the end of his ministry. And then the Spirit confirms that's true. He fulfilled it. It is finished. I mean, it's just amazing. I'd never quite seen that before. Verse 9 says, we accept human testimony. What does that mean? Simply means that we have human, we have record of real human beings in history. I mean, they are true historical figures. They wrote their accounts. We can say, well, I don't believe their accounts. That's fine. People can say that all they want. But the record still proves that there were people who actually wrote these things down who said, I was there. John said, I was there. I heard the voice. Peter said, I was there. I witnessed it all. 
They wrote an account, and I personally, what? Believe them. And most of you believe them too. But in the end, it doesn't matter. I'm, it does, but it, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's, there's a more weightier testimony than, than mine, is what the word says. It's who? It's the Spirit. What does the water say? It says Jesus came and identified with sinners. What does the blood say? It says he followed through and died for sinners. He shed his blood. And then what does the Spirit say? Verse 7, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is the truth or because he is the Spirit of truth. The third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, gives witness from the Father of the Son because he's the Spirit of truth. He always speaks what is true. Why is he called the Spirit of truth in the Bible? Because the Holy Spirit is the agent of revelation. He's called the Spirit of truth in John 14. He's called the Spirit of truth in 1 John chapter 5. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Spirit of truth. And what's his job going to be? He will guide you into all truth. He will show you things concerning me, Jesus said. He will reveal me to you. That's the function of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the one who reveals. The Holy Spirit is here today. And he's taking these words. The words that I read to you. If you don't hear anything else, at least you heard the verses. What was spoken from this pulpit was the very words of God, not my commentary, because I could sometimes get it wrong. But what you heard when I read the scriptures was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit who gave these words to be written down so that you and I could be aware of what God is saying. And has said to us, his spirit is speaking, has spoken. What say you? And this is where the message gets practical. You heard the witness of the Father at the baptism of Jesus. You hear this voice. Verse 8, for there are three that bear witness, the spirit and the water and the blood, and the three are in agreement. Literally, the Greek says, the three are into one. Together they establish the fact by law. The witnesses have spoken. God the judge declares it is all true. With that all firmly established, it's your time to respond. Now what say you? Listen, because I'm almost done. We never stop confessing with our mouths the truths about Jesus. You got to use your voice, you got to speak up. Join the witnesses, don't just sit there. 
I mean, you can sit there now. But when you leave here, just say, say something that is truth to God, about God, maybe to someone else. But you don't need anybody else around you. I don't think we use our voice enough. Maybe we don't sign enough. I think we pray too often in our minds only. It's important to pray in our minds, but it's so much more powerful when you take those words that you're reading from the Scriptures and you put your words to those very ideas. And you join the witnesses. What say you? What say you about him? And to him, Jesus, I agree with all the witnesses. I bear, I myself bear witness. You can start by saying that to Jesus. He loves to hear it. He can read your mind. But he wants to hear your voice. He wants to see you sign it. Thumbs up. Have you ever said, Jesus, you came by water, I believe. You identified with me a sinner, Jesus. Jesus, you came by blood. I believe that. You died for me because of your great love for me. I believe it's all true. And this is what I say to you. Jesus, you are eternal life. And I find my life in you. I think Jesus would love to hear you say that to him. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in you, Jesus. And there is no greater delight in all of life than an intimate knowledge and relationship with you. So if that's the case, and that's what's in your heart, here's my challenge to you. I challenge you to start your day and in your day. Okay? I challenge you. For one week, start your day and end your day using your voice. Speak up. And see if your attitude and your outlook on life changes. <laughs> You've had a bad attitude for far too long. The season is over with. Your outlook on life is just like, I've had that. I've been there. I know. There's been times in my life where I wake up in the morning and my attitude is in the tank, down the tubes. My outlook is like just, and I challenge you. Speak up. Try it for a week. Your attitude and your outlook on life will change. I believe it will. Those are the kinds of statements that God notices. It moves his heart. He hears, he listens, he responds, and then he speaks over us. I think he says, in community, in the great Godhead, these are my children in whom I love. Right here. I hear their voices. Jesus, Father says to Jesus, Jesus to the Spirit. I hear his voice. He doesn't speak very well, but I see his heart. And for 10, 
for 20, for 30, for 40 years, he keeps telling me, I believe. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe everything. And I'm not going to stop saying that until I see you face to face. Start your day, in your day. You're all welcome now.